0: What is up, everybody? This is Ryan from The Scale Up Show. I have Dominic Combs on today. He is the founder and CEO of Be Generous. This guy's got an amazing past. He got hired in the Senator Finance Committee. He's on the board of Forrest Whitaker and Bell Kilmer's Foundation. On top of it, he created one of the most unique business models I've ever heard for the nonprofit community that is highly, highly profitable. But asymmetrically dumps any kind of cost structure on its head because of the value that he creates for them. So you're not going to want to miss this. My brain was flowing after I heard this because of all the unique ideas that he dropped in there. Check it out. Let me know what you think. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Dominic Calms. Dominic is the co-founder and CEO of Be Generous. Some really cool background tips, uh, tidbits, I should say, about Dominic. He was previously on the Senator Finance Committee. He's on the board of Forrest Whitaker and Bell Gil- Kilmer's Foundation. And he's doing some really cool things that allow nonprofits to receive full donations upfront. While donors pay interest installments with their donation via a SaaS solution over time. Dominic, welcome, man. Happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to talk about this because this is something truly unique. And I told you about this on the pre-show that uh, I haven't seen anybody do. So really excited to dig in. But before we do that, can you give us a super quick background in terms of uh we'll do what's called a revenue rundown? So where are you at in terms of your AR phase? Yeah, so we are uh, basically a Series A company. Okay, cool. So you're in the Series A phase. Uh, and then, you know, what is your primary go-to-market strategy for revenue growth? Yeah, so basically similar to how a
1: firm Klarna, and Afterpay will put a, uh, a buy now, pay later button effectively on an e-commerce merchant's website. Think about like Peloton, Nike, Shopify, Amazon, whatever it might be. We place a donate now, pay later button on, not, on a nonprofit's website. So what most people don't know is that there are 1.7 million nonprofits in America. There are 2.2 million e-commerce stores in America. So roughly the same size of the number of organizations. One of these markets has saturated with credit and lending products, the buy now, pay later space, and the other has no credit or lending product, which is the donation space. And so we've created first ever philanthropic credit product, which allows someone to donate now, pay later. And so our revenue model is that we place the button on the website. Someone can transact through is completely free for donors, no interest payments, no late fees, no hidden costs the nonprofit pays a success fee basically every time a successful donate now pay later transaction is sent to them.
0: I like, I like the branding on that a success fee. That's <laughs> good. I, I got to use that when someone's like, what's your price? I'm like, well, the success fee is this. Yeah. So very clever man, but very needed as well. So it sounds really cool. Not trivializing that. So, and you kind of hit your solution already, like what it is um, from a high level. So that's good. How big is your team?
1: We will be close to probably thirty to forty by the end of this year. So we're growing. Okay. I mean, you know, I started the company at the beginning of 2021 with me and two other people. Um, I think now we're you know close to we're about 20 now, and we have like nine positions open at the moment. And so it's just it's this crazy crazy growth. That's awesome,
0: man. Well, congrats on all your growth. Thank you. Uh, we hit your solution. We hit your go to market. We hit your team size. Talked about your solution. Are you bootstrapped or funded? We are venture funded. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's let's get a little bit into your your backstory, uh, just in terms of how you got to this point, because it's it's really, I mean, unique in terms of what you're doing. And, and so, just love to hear how you got to this point, and like, how did you decide that this is the route you wanted to go and, and the solution you wanted to create.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I grew up around the world. I was born in Asia, uh, Hong Kong, lived in London, uh, came to the United States um, and lived in L.A. and New York. And I had, uh, you know, I out of graduate school, I did what everyone from my graduate school did. I went to Wall Street. So I did my master's degree at Columbia University. Wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do upon graduating and found myself working at one of the big banks um, because that's what everybody did. So I kind of thought, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Um, and I I was not happy. <laughs> so I did not enjoy the work necessarily. And um, I uh, ended up quitting that job, uh, which was, um, you know, more money than I'd never been paid before, basically, uh, to, work, to write articles for a think tank at $400 a pop. Uh, and so, you know, if I wrote four articles a month, I was paid $1,600. It was like barely scraping by, but I was so happy doing it. Um, and I was passionate about the work that we were doing. And then eventually I found myself, working for the Afghanistan ambassador, uh, which was an incredible job during the war in Afghanistan, very rewarding, super interesting. Um, and I was there for a while, and, and it was an incredible experience. But then ultimately, I got offered my what I consider to be my dream job. I was offered to join the Senate Finance Committee for the, in the chairman's office. I was a senator named Senator Orrin Hatch, who recently, unfortunately, just passed away. And I was working on um, basically enforcing human rights provisions in free trade agreements. Uh, which was an incredibly sort of niche thing to be doing. But I was very passionate about making the world a better place. So for me, working on human rights provisions was something that I loved to do. So I was in the Senate Finance Committee for a while. It was an incredible job. I'm still close with some of the folks there. And, um, you know, but eventually I realized, look, I don't think I'm really helping a lot of people doing this. You know, politics, as as I'm sure you know, is is a lot of backroom deals and politics is very politic if you will. And so I mm-hmm. saw, I thought there's got to be a better way to help people. There's got to be a better way to do something different. So I was really looking at uh, for something at the intersection of profit and purpose. It sounds funny to say that today because every company is like tripping over themselves to talk about how woke they are and how great they are. But, you know, back 10 years ago, it wasn't really the case as much. And so I moved back out to L.A. and I linked up with a firm called Global Philanthropy Group, which was um, a private philanthropy consulting firm. So if you think of like um, like McKinsey or BCG or Deloitte or any of those, I mean, sm- this one was smaller, but we specifically focused on operating, running, and growing the philanthropic um, programs, foundations, and nonprofits for corporations, celebrities, and high net worth individuals. And so I joined there, eventually made my way to basically running business development there. And you know, we, we worked on this, you know, it was an incredible job and I got to wake up every day and help nonprofits create efficiencies and run these incredible foundations and organizations. And I was doing it all for a private sector wage. So it was a, a dream job. So that company got acquired in 2017. Um, I then went, uh, and started my first company on my own, which was a company called giving. And the, the sort of two minutes on giving is giving is a venture backed technology company. Uh, and if your listeners are familiar with Shopify, we basically, Forbes said that we created the Shopify for nonprofits. So, you know, there are 2.2 million e-commerce stores in the country. As I mentioned, there are 1.7 million nonprofits. All the big fintechs have gone into solving problems for the um, e-commerce vertical, but they've ignored this massive market over here. And the cost, labor, and time of starting, running, and operating a nonprofit is very prohibitive. So what we did is we created a tool that someone can instantly launch a nonprofit project in a couple of minutes, reducing about ninety-eight percent of the cost, labor, and time of starting, running, and operating a nonprofit project. Um, ran that company as CEO for five to six years, and then at the beginning of twenty twenty-one, I stepped out of that position to start Be Generous. And you know the reason I did that is very simply, you know, I happened to be friendly with the founding COO of a firm. So Affirm is, you know, the largest buy now, pay later company in North America. They IPO'd, I think, for $24 billion last year. Incredible success. And, you know, previously I was sitting and talking with her and she was telling me all about buy now, pay later and how it's going to change the world in this. And as she's talking, I had this like eureka moment in my head where I was like, whoa, you can apply this type of infrastructure to the philanthropic space, which I consider to be the largest underserved sector of finance in the world today. And, um, you know, make a very long story short, I, I always thought it was a good idea and I called her up one day and I explained the idea to her. And she was like, this is a very smart idea. Um, and she ended up uh, actually investing in the company too. And, um, and so, you know, it, it, the idea had this, you know, it was a huge market, a, a greatly needed solution. Nonprofits are suffering a huge liquidity problem. And so it made sense on so many levels. And so that's how I kind of found my way to starting the,
0: the company. That's awesome, man. I love that, and there's so many of those areas we could we could go down. I don't want this to turn into like a us weekly and hear about the celebrities. I yeah. I mean I'm sure that's interesting. But real quick, how how did you kind of get into those roles? Were you just working with them as clients at the the nonprofit consultancy? Yeah, a
1: lot of or our or clients at Global yeah. Philanthropy Group were celebrities. Um, you know, and I'm I don't mean like um, reality TV stars. I mean like proper so like you know proper celebrities. Um, and um, I you know I, I worked very closely with them and helping them build their nonprofits. And I was able to be effective in those positions. And so over time, you just develop relationships with people. You develop trust with people. And um, I became very close with uh, some of the clients there. And they introduced me to other people and other people. And then long story short, I I became extremely good friends with Val Kilmer, uh, the the, the, the actor. And um, eventually, I actually started his nonprofit for him. um, And I've been involved with that ever since we started it, like, I think, four or five years ago. And then with uh, Forrest Whitaker, um, you know, we, we were working with him and um, I stayed you know in touch with him and close with him. And they asked me to join their fundraising board. And it's an incredible organization, WPDI, which is his foundation that works on peace building in Africa. Um, and so we do a big gala every year and uh, I've you know, maintained a great relationship with him as well.
0: That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. A lot of respect for um, uh, yeah, both those actors. Right. Uh, love what Val Kilmer did uh and the, the new top gun movie I, I mean i know he's going through some health stuff now and and so uh prayers out to him and his family but um that and i haven't watched the documentary on him but it looks he looks like a fascinating person just with how he kind of lived his life so just truly truly interesting yeah his um, i was there when they filmed that whole documentary
1: <laughs> and so i remember walking oh, around, you? oh okay. yeah like walking around new york city with cameras everywhere and and at his at his place in la and everything i mean val's a wonderful guy and um, you know, I, I, hope he, you know, I, I, mean, he's, he is one of my closest friends and I think, uh, hopefully he'll come out of the health issues, but he's a great guy.
0: Let's get a little bit back to the, the your company, right? Because you know, I never heard of it before. I was intrigued by it. I think it, it's it's a it's an amazing idea, and I love the concept of, of giving first and basically giving to grow. It aligns with with my values and, and and the philosophy I have on different things. So, I guess, like, I mean, you covered a lot in terms of how it happens. Let's get in the business side, like. So you mentioned there's a success fee, right? Uh, in terms of there's nothing for the donors, but then there's a small, big, like what I'm just trying to reconcile is like how you make money with a model like this mm-hmm. and and truly like how do you develop it into a business? It looks like it's doing really good for people, but then also a sustainable business so that you can grow. So mm-hmm. especially like being VC back, that's what the, what I'm curious about. So can you just kind of like walk us through how the model works mm-hmm. and, um, Absolutely. you know, would love to start there? Yeah. Okay. So.
1: Let's start out with looking at the market, because I think that's relevant to you know, why this company would even be successful. Um, most people do not know these numbers I'm about to share with you, and they're incredulous when I share them because they're absolutely huge. Um, so last year, total donations in the United States were just under half a trillion dollars with a T. So that means that Americans wow. give away more than a billion dollars every day, give away more than a billion dollars a day. Now, the second question I get asked is, oh, is a lot of that corporate giving? No. No. Corporate giving is less than 10% of all donations in the United States. The vast, vast, vast majority of philanthropic giving comes from people like you and I and your listeners. About 72% of all giving comes from individuals. So you're, you're dealing with a huge market, right? Second of all, you're dealing with 1.7 million nonprofits. Again, it's just an enormous market, enormous number of nonprofits, enormous amount of donations. And lastly, as I mentioned, 72% of Americans donate to roughly 241 million people. Now, what's interesting is that the average donation in America is larger than the average buy-now-pay-later transaction. So the average donation in America is just over $1,000. The average BNPL transaction is around $650. So the point is, when you compare this to the e-commerce market, they're roughly very, very similar in size and scope. The number of transactions, the size of the market, the m- number of people participating, and of course, the total donation versus total e-commerce transaction numbers. Um, so you're dealing with a very, very large market. So the room for growth is enormous. Now, the difference between us and like, let's say, buy now, pay later is that the buy now, pay later market is heavily saturated. Corner, Firm, Afterpay, WePay, it, lend Lendit, PayPal, QuadPay, I mean, on and on and on and on. The 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 number of credit lending products in the donation world is zero. It's other than be generous. It's us. Um, so we have a whole wow. market to grow, right? And it's the same size as the e commerce space, but no competition. So it's a blue ocean, and we have the whole market to grow. So I, I like to start there in terms of the economics. The way it works is very simple. Um, if you're familiar with buy now pay later, you would go to an e commerce transact. You go to an e commerce website. You'd purchase your product, and in the checkout queue, it would offer you a variety of payment methods debit card, credit card, maybe an ACH, or buy now, pay later option, like a firm, Klarna, Afterpay, what have you. And if you click that, basically they create an unsecured consumer loan to you. They send the merchant the money, the merchant sends you the product, and you pay it off over time. Sometimes there's interest, sometimes there's not interest. So what we've done is we've adopted that type of infrastructure for donations. So today, if you went to go donate to a nonprofit, I'm going to make up a nonprofit here. Let's say it's called, um, John's Lemonade Stand. Okay, so you go to John's Lemonade Stand and what you'll traditionally see is a, a donation, a donate button on their website. It's very standard. And if you click that button, chances are it'll say, okay, how much do you want to donate today? Let's say you're a donor who gives them 50 bucks. So you put in $50. Now after transaction costs, they'll probably get 47, $48, something like that. Could be a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Could be a little bit less because there's a payment processor involved. There's the interchange rate from the debit or credit card and so forth. And the money will come out of your account immediately. You'll get the tax deduction. They'll get the net of whatever, 47, 48 bucks. And the transaction is done. That's how it happens today. Now imagine you go to John's Lemonade Stand and you see two buttons. You see a normal donate button. And next to it, you see a button that says donate now, pay later. So we've run some tests on this. And the click-through rate on that button is very, very, very high. Because people know what buy now, pay later is. 56% of Americans have used Buy Now, Pay Later. They kind of intuitively know, oh, donate now, pay later. I'm interested in this solution. I'm I'm curious to learn more. So a lot of people click the button. At that point, we say, okay, how much do you want to donate? So remember, you're there to give $50. So you say, I'm here to give, $50 is what you put in. In, What we would basically say is, instead of giving $50 today and having that money come out of your account, why don't you give us $10 a month for $10, for for 10 months? Now, I'm just making up Mm -hmm. this example, by the way. But what I've asked you to do is I've asked you to double your donation because 10 times 10 is 100. You normally give 50 bucks. I basically just asked you to give $100. Now, if you ask a normal person who gives $50 every year, would you give me $100? They're nine times out of 10, they're going to say no. However, if you say you can pay it off in, at $10 a month for 10 months with no interest, no fees, or no costs, and you're going to get a full tax deduction today for $100, and your money will be sent to the nonprofit today, uh, I can tell you the number, 82% of people accept that offer.
0: Really? So
1: so what you have is basically 82% of people are saying $10 a month. That's not a lot of money. I can afford to do it. I care about the nonprofit. I'm getting a tax deduction and this is not costing me anything. I'm game. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to do this. So let's say you you agree. What happens is the, we have a bank lender who creates instantly in three to five seconds an unsecured consumer loan. The money never comes to you. It goes straight to the nonprofit. But it's a donation from you. The nonprofit receives the full amount of the money. So in this case, $100. You get a full tax deduction for $100. You pay nothing out of pocket today. And your first payment of $10 is due in 30 days. And then after that, $10. And then after that, $10 until the $100 is paid down. The way we make money, we don't charge the donor anything, obviously. We also do not charge the nonprofit any subscription fee, any SaaS fee or any integration fee. So it's important that the nonprofit has no fixed costs associated with this. And I, you know, I called it a success fee because that's really what it is. You know, we the only time the nonprofit gets charged is when there's a successful donate now pay later transaction sent to them. And what we we call it a success fee or a merchant discount rate. And that's a percentage of the uh, donation that the nonprofit pays to the bank. And then the bank and uh, the bank lender and be generous, we split that fee and that's our revenue model. Okay. So I'm going to ask this question. I have to answer. What's the fee? Sure. Yeah, no, no. Happy to answer it. So the fee is, it's, it's a fixed fee, but it ends up being variable. And I'll explain why simply because we allow the donor to cover a portion of the fee, which is very common in the nonprofit space. So like right now, if you go to like, a normal nonprofit's website, and you click donate, you'll probably see a little button at the end that says like, would you like to add five bucks or 5% to cover the transaction fee so that such and such nonprofit gets more of your money? We basically did the same thing. And it's interesting because opt-in rates on that are like 75% plus. So they're very, very, very high. People want to cover this transaction fee. So because of that, the rate ends up being variable for each nonprofit. Um, But we think that the average rate that the nonprofits will be paying will be somewhere between uh, 11% and 13%, somewhere in that range. Um, and so you you can kind of do the math. Like if, if most people are doubling their donation, um, and then most nonprofits are paying, let's say between 11 and 13%, then on the net basis, the nonprofits are coming out, you know, 50% with 50% more money than they would have if somebody just did a normal donation as an example.
0: It's so smart, man. So then basically at 11 to to 13%, you guys would get six and a half to well, basically, whatever five and a half to six. Yeah, we, six we have a, a we have a breakdown oh, okay. with
1: the bank, basically how we split that. But um, yeah, we we
0: split that um fee, and um, and it's kind of how it works. That yeah, I mean, and it's a win win, right? Because they're making making way more. So yeah, and this is I'm just curious on this because I've I've done a lot, and um, there's a lot of cognitive biases that people have. There's tons of studies on it, right? So this is totally fascinating to me. Why do you think? 82% of people accept that offer to 2X to, to or donation. And I have my theory on it, but what, what why do you think that is? Or I think it's 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 a simple reason that um, in any industry, when
1: you allow people to pay over time, whether it's a car payment, a mortgage payment, credit card payment, what you'll find is that people are willing to spend more money if they can pay it off over time. So I always tell people, think of, if everybody who had to buy a car or a house had to put down the money today, nobody would, nobody would own any houses or cars other than very, very wealthy people. But when you say to somebody, oh, you can pay this mortgage off over 32 years, or you can pay this car off over 48 months or whatever it might be. People are like, yeah, that's a no brainer. It's going to cost me 500 bucks a month, 600 bucks a month for a car payment. My mortgage is $3,000 a month, whatever it might be. But of course, if those companies said, hey, you got to put down a million dollars for your house today, who has a million dollars sitting around? Not a lot of people. And same thing with a car who has $70,000 sitting around? Not a lot of people. So, I think in any industry, when you allow people to pay over time, and in, in particular, when you don't charge them anything to do it, those those organizations charge interest, obviously. We don't even charge interest. It's simply taking the principle of your donation and paying it off over time. It's super, super compelling. The average person might not have $100 to give to such and such nonprofit, but they almost certainly have $10 a month to give. I mean, that's like a Netflix yeah. subscription or something, right? So um, I think that's the answer. And then one other point I would just briefly make on this is that, the average one-time online donation in the United States today is about $177. The average monthly reoccurring donation in the United States is $54. So, and that's when you like, you know, put your debit card in and say, hey, charge me, you know, every month. So if you do the math, and this is exactly the point I was just making. 54 times 12 is like $640 something something, something like around there. Um, so if you do the math... If you annualize the monthly giving that people give, you're you're in the 600s versus a one-time donation of $177. So the point is people in the philanthropic space are very comfortable with this idea of monthly giving. About half of all donations are done on a monthly giving program. So we're not teaching anybody a new behavior. We're saying, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We're now just going to send the money to the nonprofit so that they can benefit. We're going to give you a full tax deduction and you can keep paying over time. So it really is a win-win for the
0: community, for the nonprofit and yeah. the donor community. Yeah, man. Really great job in constructing that. So I Thank think you. that's super cool. And um, so much I could dig into. Uh, a couple other questions I have, and then unfortunately, we're going to be up on time. So I want to be yeah. sensitive to your time. So, so how are you growing? Like, what's the number one growth strategy that you're leveraging to grow?
1: Yeah. So right now we have a sales team, a traditional, what we consider like B2B sales team, because it's B2N, business to nonprofit, but B2B is it's the same thing. Um, we also have um, a PR firm, a social media firm, an SCM, an SEO firm, a growth marketing firm. I mean, you name it, we're pro- we probably probably have it. So uh, we're doing traditional B2B um, you know, sales. Um, and in addition to that, we have, uh, you know, uh, inbound sales team. Um, out- so outbound sales, I mean, I'm sorry, inbound marketing team, excuse me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a combination of a variety of factors and because we're still early on, we don't really know what channels are going to convert the most. You know, it could be LinkedIn marketing. It could be, uh, SEM, it could be Facebook ads, social influencer marketing. We just don't really know yet. Um, but I think we w- it's safe to say that we're trying to fire on all cylinders and, um, hopefully as we test these strategies over the next six months, we'll really have a sense of like, okay, this is what's converting. This is what's not converting. But I will just say our outbound sales team has done an incredible job. Uh, so that is working
0: very well. Awesome, man. And then what would you say? So you're obviously running a lot of experiments across tons of different channels right now. And so what would you say is your single biggest challenge with growing right now? Great
1: question. I think I think there's a strong educational component to this. Um, and, and I also think we're dealing with a tough market. Uh, you know, nonprofits are constantly getting hit up to be sold products. We have the best donation form, we have the best CRM system, like and on and on and on. The market is quite frankly, saturated with these products. And a lot of the products, you know, are really derivative of one another, they don't necessarily do anything different. They just sort of are another offering that's slightly different. And so I think a lot of these nonprofit executive directors and development officers are constantly getting hit up with like these offers of we do this and we do that. Um, what we're doing, it truly is unique. I mean, there really is nobody else that does this. It's proprietary. Um, and so I think cutting through some of the noise and and being authentic and saying like, no, no, this can really help your organization. The other thing is, too, is that a lot of people go into this space because they think they can make money. And it's not for an authentic reason. You know, I come from the nonprofit space. I've devoted the last 10 years of my life to building technology companies to create efficiencies for nonprofits. But I know tons of people who say like, oh, there's so many, it's such a big market. I'm just going to go in and like build a product and it's inauthentic and, you know, and they're in it to make money. I mean, of course we want to make money too, but at the end of the day, we, my team is composed of philanthropists, uh, donors, ex-nonprofit executive directors. Like we come from the market that we're serving. And I think being authentic about that and cutting through the noise is, is a challenge because, you know, people are going to be suspect of us. They don't know anything about us. So I think those two things are a challenge.
0: That's awesome, ma'am. I mean, not awesome that you're having those challenges, but it's awesome what you're doing. And uh, I think the business model is amazing. Thank you. I could talk to you about this probably for another hour, just because I'm fascinated with it. Unfortunately, we're up on time, man. So, so Dominic, where can they find out more about you? Where do they find out more about Be Generous? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, my name is Dominic
1: Combs. Uh, you can go and look me up uh, on LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn. Or you can Google me and and there's uh, various interviews and websites you can find. Um if you want to learn about be generous, the, 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 na- that's the name of the company. The name is the name of the company is the letter B, not B E just the letter B and then generous. So it's just be or you can type into Google donate now, pay later. We're the first people to come up. Um, and we would love to talk to anyone who's
0: interested in talking to us. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for having on the show. I love what you're doing. It's like I said, truly unique. It's going to help make people's lives a lot better. So, uh, Thanks for taking the initiative, stepping up, and being creative, man. Way to go. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to uh, chat with you today. All right. Thanks for being on, Dominic. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering